You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Yes, which way? What, when, how? Mr. Auto D flip the track right now. Hey, I'm Auto D. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to listen to some great music and talk to some really cool people. And I know there's a lot of things you could be doing, so I appreciate that you're getting with this. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in and Happy New Year. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and to get things started right this year, I have two guests for you tonight. These women are both pretty incredible characters in their own right, and it is an honor for me to share this time with them both. We'll be live with Ruth McCartney, CEO of McCartney Multimedia, and the lovely and talented Dr. Angie McCartney, author, entrepreneur, and general all-around fun person. Um, You know, right after this song, from Death Cab for Cuties, excuse me, from Death Cab for Cuties, Transatlanticism, called The New Year. So this is the new year. I don't feel any different.
And that was the new year from Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you by Jet Set Magazine, the world's leading affluent lifestyle publication. You can check them out at jetsetmag.com, and uh, I recommend that you do. And now it's my pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Ruth and Angie McCartney. How are you guys doing? Splendid. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. That's great to have you both on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now, a a lot of people I know, you know, they're still kind of getting over the holiday and they're not ready, but I would imagine the two of you have already hit the ground running with a million things going on. Oh, yeah. Well, we never actually stopped. (laughs) We don't don't, uh, do vacations. Yeah, there's not much point. Sleeping for when you're dead. That's, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. So how's the weather in California? Freezing. You know, it's raining here, Not which is really strange. Freezing. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> it's chilly. Well. Nippy, nippy yeah. Nippy or chilly. Night, though, it's great. Oh, yeah? Cool. Uh, well, listen, you know, normally on the show, I kind of uh, like to talk a little bit about uh, bio and, uh, and to focus on, on both of you going back and forth is going to be kind of fun. But Angie, you, you know, currently, and I did, did a little bio in the front, but currently you, you've had a recent uh, a new degree. You are now a doctor of business administration. Oh, indeed, yes. Doctor of business administration. Congratulations. I have to learn to read and write now, you know, to keep <laughs> up with that. Well, I think that's pretty incredible. And, um, Thank you know. I know people at 40 years old who are telling me they're too old to go to school, and you oh, haven't... Oh, no, never. You haven't never. stopped. Well, you've still got breath. You're never too old for anything. Well, well I th- almost anything. <laughs> I think that is absolutely awesome. And we'll get... I'd like to get more into what you guys are doing right now, and I know between the companies and all the products, there's so much we could talk about for so long. But let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, you know, I w- I've always wondered, Angie, in your life... Um, where music first came in. Did you ever, I've never asked you, did you play a musical instrument? Oh, yes. Um, I studied piano. I actually was qualified as a piano teacher about three days before my 14th birthday. Oh, yeah. And my mother was an opera singer. My father was a pianist. And there was a lot of music in our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was inevitable that I would, uh, you know. Actually, I got a newspaper round to pay four shillings a week for my piano lessons. Really? I used to deliver the Liverpool Echo every morning <laughs> before I went to school to earn enough money to pay for piano lessons. That is so, awesome. So, yeah, there was always music. So, I mean, well, if you did that in the winter, then that was certainly chilly. <laughs> yeah, we're tough, you know. Yeah, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> and so, uh, were you the only child in your family? Oh, no, there were four of us. Okay. And oh, uh, Everybody musical? Very musical, yeah. My older sister was a ballroom dancer, and my brother was uh, a dancer as well and musical. And my sister Joan, who was still rocking, bless her, she's 91, still going, she was uh, a, a ballroom dancer and had cups and medals and all sorts of things in, in dancing in Liverpool. And we were all just, you know, it was what you did in those days. You sat around instead of watching the television or doing all the things that we do now with devices. I was going to say. You play the piano or you listen to music or listen to the radio. You didn't have the internet to play with, huh? Oh, heck no. (laughs) Well, that's pretty amazing. I love that story. So um, you played piano. You say you were actually um, ready or approved to teach at 14. 
Did, yep. you, did you perform around town? Did you do any performing? Did it, did it go that oh, far? Oh, no, I didn't perform. I, okay. I took a few uh, pupils for piano lessons, mm-hmm. but I hated the little devils. I wanted to smack <laughs> them across the, the knuckles of the r- ruler because I used to think, if I can do it, why can't they do it? You know when you're 14, sure. you know everything. Well, sure, I can understand yeah. that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Ruth, how about you? Um, I know that you had a successful recording career, and in fact, uh, as far as your success in Russia and the Soviet Union, yeah. you, you had a lot of success for a long time. But when did when did music start for you? Well, it's just kind of in your DNA, you know, in, in Liverpool, because um, it's such a it's a cold and you know wintry place, and the sky is usually grey. So you're kind of born with a bit of a stand-up comedian sense of humour, and either the ability to play you know, what we call football, soccer, that you actually mm-hmm. play with feet. Mm-hmm. It's not like if they're playing on telly now with you. We, we call that handball. But mm-hmm. anyway, okay. that's, that's a conversation for another day. Um, and so you're born with a bit of either sport or music or comedy or sometimes all of them. And uh, I think it's just in Liverpool's DNA. So, yeah, I, I was forced to go to piano lessons, which was hateful. But, uh, you know. How long did you, you stick with piano? Do, and... Um, I was actually, I don't, do you know, do you know the Golden Slumber story? I don't know this, no, I don't know the story. No, so there was a poet called Thomas Decker in the 15th, 16th century, and he'd written a poem, um, it also entitled, it had, a, it had a second title called Golden Slumbers, and I was trying to learn a classical piece of music that had been written about this poem, not to the lyrics, but just a classical piece, and mm-hmm. I had it open on the piano at home in Liverpool, and I was just strangling it because I couldn't read music. You know, the, the, the C key is the one next to the lock, and that's about all I knew. <laughs> and um, so I was, re- I was trying to murder this thing. And Paul came in one day and said, what the hell are you doing? You know, here, shove over. Well, let's figure this out. So he got a pencil and scribbled on the sheet music. And together we worked it out. And he said, oh, he said, that's a really nice melody. Um, what, what, who wrote that? What's it called? I said, oh, it's some traditional classical piece from the 15th century. He said, oh, that's great, because I wouldn't have to pay royalties on that. I think I'll put that on a record. <laughs> so it became Golden Slumbers. Well, how old were you then when, when that happened? Seven, probably. Seven or eight. That's pretty neat. So did you ever get credit for that uh, melody? Uh, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. No, not in the publishing pile for that one. That's, uh, that's the way it goes, shucks. You know, what are you going to do? That's the way it goes. But now you went on to, uh, beyond playing, you know, when you were seven, playing piano at home, you went on to a very successful recording career. Yeah, you know, not financially successful. We sold tons and tons of records, but we sold them for rubles in right, Russia. Right, And also in Germany. And... Um, you know, in those days, the ruble was not an exchangeable currency, so you could get... Well, I did gigs and played for thousands of people, and we did Lithuania, Latvia, Siberia, Armenia. Um, Armenia, we sold out the 23,000-seater basketball arena 11 times in a row. Wow. So did lots of gigs, but at the end of the day, you finish up with a plastic bag full of rubles. There's really not much you can do about it. So we donated a ton of it to the Armenian Earthquake Relief uh, Fund oh, after cool. the 19... 19- earthquake where about 40,000 people died or lost their homes. So we donated the lion's share of it to that. And then the rest, because you weren't allowed to bring anything out of the Soviet Union that had Lenin's face on it, which included buttons, T-shirts, souvenirs, money, anything. Mm-hmm. So um, we mailed ourselves some home. We smuggled some out and put it in a frame and put it on the wall. But I never, never actually earned any money out of all those Russian trips, which is a bit of a drag. 
Yeah, considering I'm good at not money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'll second that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm good at saying, "Oh, I'll do that for free. I'll do that for you." <laughs> oh, I tell you, that's that's a real common problem in the arts world, isn't it? You know, we yeah, we, we all want to do it so bad. It's like, oh, just for you, whatever. And then and then you get kids coming in who are glad to do anything for free, just what they think to get their foot in the door, and all they do is drive the price down farther. You know, it's tough. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, on an ongoing, on an ongoing uh, history as we kind of move forward here, um, Angie, for, for actually for both of you, maybe uh, an opinion about the music scene as you were a teenager, uh, Ruth, in, in Liverpool and how it impacted the family. You must have just had an opportunity to see everybody before they were anybody kind of in that market. Uh, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, we used to see people like Billy J. Kramer and... Freddie and the Dreamers. and When they were still Dreamers, when when things hadn't really happened for them. Yeah, and uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Mm -hmm. They were just kids working at the cavern, any odd gigs they could get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we didn't know that later on they would go on to be maybe managed by Brian Epstein and become famous. Mm -hmm. They were just kids that played at the local gigs. Sure. And, uh, and, I mean, thank goodness a lot of them managed to get some success and some fame. Mm -hmm. But, to us, they were just the kids that played at the cavern, you know? Right, right. Well, and then on, on my side of things, you know, a lot of kids came through, um, either grew, you know, grew up in Liverpool. We had uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paris Nine, all kinds of groups. And they, they were, I mean, um, Pete Burns, who is now, I think, Petra Burns, whatever she, she's, I think he's, I think it's... I he's a she now, yeah. She now. Mm. And... Um, so, but before that whole deal, he was a bouncer at our local wine bar. That's right. And on quiet nights, they used to let him get up and play music on the stage. So oh, neat. Got to, yeah, got to see Dead or Alive for free, and Frankie goes to Hollywood, because they just show up and say, hey, you know, if you got a microphone, eh, can I play? Can I, can, can oh, I and orchestral maneuvers in the dark. OMG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You should interview my old school friend, Julia Neal. She's an author and a writer. She was engaged to Andy McCluskey of, of Orchestral Maneuvers. They're still very close. And she's written quite an amazing book about that whole Liverpool, Wirral, early 70s, mid-70s music Ooh. scene that was spawned out of that whole Beatle thing. You know? That would be fun. Yeah, I know. She's, she's lots and lots of fun. But, you know, we all just sort of... I don't know. We sort of took it for granted. If your uncle's a plumber, you don't all stand around the fireplace going, oh, my goodness, you fixed nine toilets today. What a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then also, tell me, Ruth, tell me if I'm, if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but um, one, one of the um, flagship products of McCartney Multimedia, which we'll touch on in a bit, is iFans, uh, which is an incredible piece of software. Um, Was that born, tell me if I'm remembering wrong, was that born from uh, your experience previously in working with the fan club for the Beatles? Were you you a president or vice president of the fan club or what? Oh, no, I was six years old. I was was sorting fan mail for 50 pence a week pocket money. 25 pence. Don't build up your pot. So you, you, you (laughs) you were doing what? You were answering fan mail? No, I was sorting it sorting. in country boxes. So John Lennon used to come and stay with us when he came to Liverpool because he'd moved down south. And uh, he used to come and stay in our guest room. Mm-hmm. And he and Paul would sit around in the kitchen having their bacon and eggs before Paul was a vegetarian. And they'd sit around, and John would refer to them as the customers. He would say, you know, if we could just get to the customers directly, we'd ask them what kind of music they want, and we could go around the suits, and we could save 30%. And we'd, uh, if we could just f- talk to the customers, and we could sell them records straight out of the back of the bus, you know. And what, what he had accidentally done is invent iTunes and the Internet. There just wasn't all the wires and boxes to do it with. 
And so he really instilled in me as a kid the value of the so-called customer list because he used to say, I tell you what, he who owns his own customer list will win the day because if you can talk to your customers, you can sell them things direct. So fast forward 40-odd years and Martin, my husband, um, and I, and Andy were living in Nashville and just started to get into the computer world and Yahoo was just born. There wasn't even a Google yet. And um, so we started to program websites for some friends of ours, David Cassidy, Andrew Gold, Fleetwood Mac, people like that. And I thought, God, you know, here's an opportunity. We could have people fill out a form and start an electric fan club instead of all this paper and stamps and signed 8 by 10s And thus, iFans was born, and it's undergoing a massive renovation and a mobile upgrade at the moment. But it still hums away. We've got 6.4 million members, and we manage the databases of over 1,200 different fans and fans you've never heard of and celebrities and all kinds of things. So, you know, that's... IFANZ is really, IFANZ, IFANZ is, is really the Swiss vault of the artist, the creative data, because the minute the record label or the manager or the agent gets their hands on it, all of a sudden you start getting spam and they start sharing the list and whatever. So we're dead strict with IFANZ that, you know, if you open an account with us, that's your data, that's your fans, they're your customers, and nobody else gets to see them. So mm-hmm. send well, out emails and we're going to do mass text messaging shortly and... And since we're on that, um, so just ifanz dot com is that the simplest way for people yep. to locate iFans? Right, exactly. And, and they can, so like I said, it's, it's uh, undergoing massive renovation at the moment. But the engines are all humming. We sent out, I think, forty thousand emails this week on cool. behalf of our clients. So we we have all the spam filters, and we do the unsubscribes and the send to a friends, and you know it costs us fortunes every year to be whitelisted as a non-spammer with. AOL and Yahoo and Hotmail and Gmail so that our emails get through mm-hmm. the spam filters. But um, no, it's a big, very complicated piece of software that uh, Martin and I put together with the help of our crack team. And, um, it, you know, it hums away. So we're, what we're doing now next is adding um, mobile capabilities so you can check in and see how many spins you've had on, you know, SoundCloud or whatever those kind of, you know, all, all of the, the right. other platforms with the music and how you're doing iTunes. And then the ultimate goal is to build iFans University um, with master classes from people such as yourself mm-hmm. produce so that That's people can go to university online um, powered by iFans and we'll probably run that over at McCartney.com and start an online music business university. Because there's lots of places, great places like Tree Fire where you can learn to play guitar from gosh, you know, Tommy Emmanuel. Right. But there's no real great one-stop shop for all things music industry. So from being the best drum roadie in the world to, you know, marketing contracts and publishing. Yeah, related to what the artist kind of needs to know for all in one place. Sure, sure. So that's that's the big plan for iFans for 2016 and 17. Cool. It sounds like you got a lot on your plate just with that. Oh yeah, and I, and I know there's a lot of a lot of other things going on as well. So it's kind of kind of wild. And and yep. speaking of that, getting getting back to you, Angie. Uh, mm-hmm. ad, besides the fact that you're now a doctor and, and of business administration, cool. and you're going to start r- writing, you know, roughshod over the CEO of McCartney Multimedia all the time, uh, <laughs> as if you don't Always. don't at home already. But uh, um, you are also an author of uh, My Long and Winding Road, which is mm-hmm. available at your website, Mrs. McCartney's Tease.com. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about that book. Is that mostly, uh, essentially, your own biography? 
Well, it was a long time in the making, for years. You know how everyone says to you, oh, you should write a book. And every now and again, I'd go in and just write a little piece, a chapter, an odd document, and not really get with it. And then about, uh, I think it was about September of 2012, I ran into someone who said, book, book, I'll publish your book. Get it to me within the next eight weeks. So I really had to sit down and put my money where my mouth is, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on uh, January 31st, I think it was 2013, we published the book and launched it in Liverpool, a two-night event in Liverpool. And uh, that was it. So it was just a chapter here and there about my young life, right. about the air raid shelters, about Hitler, bombing schools, um, you know, growing up. Yeah, I mean, you married. lived through all of that right there in the yeah. center oh, of it. Yeah. You know? yeah, I was born in 1929, so World War II was very much a factor in my life. But are you that old? Yeah, I'm that old, Ruth. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Go to your room. Go to your room. I'm in the room. Oh, good the girl. room's the, the office, yeah. right? So, yeah, I just threw it together and off we went, and, and there it is. I'm writing another one now, but uh, you know, the next 82 years. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah, we mentioned that the book is available at um, Mrs. McCartney's Mrs. dot com, yeah, but that doesn't website. sound like that doesn't sound like a bookstore website. So uh, tell me it's a little bit about Mrs. No, McCartney's it's Teas. It's about my tea company, Organic well, Teas. Let's talk a little bit about that. And, uh, yeah, I have. Um, how many have 14 flavors I think I have now and these are all organic teas yeah all organic and every sale benefits the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Center in Liverpool oh, that's fantastic so for everything we sell we send a little donation to them to help them with their research and uh, it's also helped me get a lot of friends I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook mm -hmm. and so has Ruth and uh, it's just great to be able to be in touch with so many people Mm -hmm. And we get wonderful feedback and, you know, wonderful recollections of people who either knew us or their grandparents knew us in Liverpool and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a really big global enterprise of, of family and connections. It's mm -hmm. great. When did you start the tea company? Or I shouldn't say started, I mean, as far as a public launch, but when did you start kind of developing the flavor concepts and kind of putting the whole plan together? Um, it was about seven or eight years ago. A friend of ours, actually, I think that you know, Carrie Dunn from mm -hmm. Phoenix, mm -hmm. who is one of the partners of our entertainment group. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't drink. He drank his last drink a, a long time ago. And we had a Fourth of July party seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, well, what can I get you to drink? You know, I mean, there's only so many glasses of water and iced teas. He said, well, you know, it's, I know it's the Fourth of July, but I'd like a good, nice cup of hot English tea. Don't you have any McCartney tea? <laughs> We all just looked at each other and went, oh. Wow. So the idea was born then, yeah. And so then we, um, I spent about a year and a half looking all around the world for not just organic teas, but fair trade that are not picked by children hmm. and, you know, all of that other stuff that you have to do. And um, we've finally now settled on a great supplier, Dean and, and Lummy, the Jablons, who are out in Chandler, Arizona. Oh, wow. And they... Um, Handpick and bring in the teas from all over the world. The Roibus, which is Liverpool Red, is from South Africa. And again, Maicha, which we call Golden Slumbers, the green toasted rice tea, is um, from Japan. And it's all certified organic and kosher and fair trade and all those things. You can actually buy it in, if anybody's listening in Scottsdale uh, or in Phoenix, you can buy it in the AJ's 
um, oh, okay. AJ's markets in your in your area. Very and cool. like Anne said, you know, a, a portion of it goes to benefit the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Research Fund, which once they find the cure that they reckon they're really, really close to, they will share it with the world. It's a bit like St. Jude's, you know, mm-hmm. not a huge facility, but everything they discover that in the research hospital they share with the world. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. Uh, it's a good way, you know, bottoms up, put the kettle on and um, help humanity, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Well, point it, of that. The um, the wine is it too early to talk about the new concept for the wines the uh, McCartney no. tea wines is that, no, is this something we, that's we been launched yet? That's going to be launching soon. We know okay. you, with alcohol it's a little different. You have to go through all of the government hoops to get the approvals, and, and rightly so. They don't want people just selling bathtub gin, you know, out of mm-hmm. the back of the pickup truck. I better stop. But, um, oh, what a shame! I know. We tried it, but we kept getting shut down. <laughs> Kept getting and, um, little notices. So we got the approval for the labels just right before Christmas. Um, we've had to make one small adjustment with the design for the barcodes and stuff. So that's all being done now. The wine is in production. So it's the California grapes. Um, we have Zinfandel, um, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and um Riesling grapes. Mm-hmm. And then we blend those together with uh, organic Texas fruits with the wineries in Texas under the auspices of winemaker David Skinner and okay. they have uh, pre- the previous blends under different brands have won double gold at Napa Finger Lakes LA International they've they're multiple gold and silver medal winners cool. so um, we are putting those out probably the end of this quarter realistically by the time we get distribution and everything mm-hmm. and they are going to be afternoon tea wines because there's really no point in trying to go into the varietal market you know the Mondavis and, mm-hmm. and the, the billionaires really own that market so unless you've got a ton of money to throw away which I certainly do not um, we created our own being a marketing and branding company we sat around and said well where's the gap thinking. in the market Yeah, and it's in high tea wines because if you have a traditional high tea at, you know, with Lee Hilson over there at the Phoenician or Bo Mac over at Elements at Sanctuary, it's all gorgeous, and they give you either a glass of Prosecco or Champagne. We thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a little blackberry, blackbird blackberry wine with a blackberry scone? Um, or we have a strawberry fields wine, which would go great with clotted cream and strawberry high, high tea at strawberries. So um, that's kind of the idea behind that, and it's, it's again, very... Um, organically based in a mm-hmm. small company and we and are tied in with the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Research Foundation for that product as well. Oh, so fantastic. Coming, coming soon to a gullet near you. <laughs> That's, it's great, really. It's great. Mm-hmm. And what's the, the uh, brand name? Is that still going to be McCartney, under McCartney, probably under McCartney's Teas, Mrs. McCartney's Teas, or is it going to be afternoon McCartney tea wines? Wine? Or? Yep. Yeah. There's a Facebook page that we just started for Mrs. McCartney's Wines. So okay. Anybody's listening, go give that a like, and we'll be putting up more information. So we're going to open a um, a website so that you can order it over the internet too, because distribution takes a while, you know, to right. get in through uh, all of the channels of the big, the Southern Wines and Spirits and the Youngs and the Allied Beverage and all of that. So you've got to work your way up and um, try and get placement, you know, in their world. And there's, mm-hmm. there's, again, there's two types: there's retail. And then there's also food and beverage. So if you want mixologists and chefs to carry your wine, you know, you send out samples. And there are a lot of wine clubs, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be available uh, retail-wise, bottle by bottle, on the Internet, where, um, you know, state law 
it isn't prohibited. Like we can't sell to Utah, obviously, and right. so, you know there are various pro- prohibitions. But um, so that that's probably going to start realistically. I would think around March. Oh, that's exciting! Ooh, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. <clears throat> there's yeah. there's so a. We're hoping to ship tons of it to China. Oh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I'd rather ship tea to China. Now, how about that then? <laughs> Are you already, you say, shipping tea to China? No. Uh, I'm no. working on it, though. Oh, good. No, we're working on it. Good. Never say never. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, we'll ship anything anywhere. I hear you. Exactly. Ship anything anywhere. Dot com. I love it. Um, so, speaking of the, and a whole other thing now, let's, let's switch gears again. It's so, for me, it's so funny because it's like, Angie, I think I could talk to you, you know, every Monday for a month or two all, all by yourself, and we wouldn't get through everything. Same thing, Ruth. We could just go everywhere. Um, but there was something that I just wanted to talk to you about, Ruth, and that is uh, a project in 2013 that you did called Here, There, and Everywhere. I was just reading about it a little, and it seemed like it was, must have been a fascinating project to do. Well, you know, it was a project that we went uh, with my friend Ken Barker. Uh, we went to England, and we filmed what turned out to be uh, Kevin DJ Bob Wooler's last ever interview. We got Neil Innes from the Ruttles. We went and stayed for two or three days with Cynthia Lennon before she passed and filmed, you know, the whole genesis of her and John and the relationship. And, you know, those were the old big days of lugging big cameras and VHS or Betamax tapes and so on. And we did the project and we, we showed it to, you know, a couple of people locally and they said, well, this is great, but... You know, it's bigger than all of this, it's bigger than all of this. So uh, it never actually did get released. However, Scoop for Otto, um, we we are actually resurrecting that footage and then some, you know, in with another concept. Oh, fantastic. um, And actually going to be producing a documentary, which is more featured around not just the Beatles, um, Mm -hmm. but the years from 59 to 69, the... Betty Crocker to Janis Joplin mm-hmm. kind of what it's about and the Beatles and the, the background of the zeitgeist and how the Beatles you know really made it all possible for girls to not be like their mothers so I won't, I won't tell you the title yet because I haven't got the registration back received okay. back from the Writers Guild but uh, you shall be the first to know as soon as it's official how's that that's exciting because I, I hadn't I was unfamiliar with it obviously maybe because it hadn't been released and we hadn't talked about it but I came across it online and um, in uh, a little bio bit and was reading and I thought, man, that sounds like a really, really cool project. So I'm excited to hear that it's uh, kind of maybe going to come back to life here. That's exciting. Yeah. But I think nowadays with um, Drag and Drop, you know, Dropbox, and we've got a great production team that we're working with in Houston, Texas, Empire Creative Films. Um, they have huge, you know, edit bays and capabilities. So we'll be able to run off around the world with relatively small digital cameras now, you know, Canon right. D, whatever it is, D30, D60, I'm not the tech person on the camera side. Um, but that and a couple of GoPros and some iPhone 6, it's really incredible. You can fit a whole camera truck into, you know, a carry-on suitcase. Yeah, you really can these days. Mm. Well, that's exciting. So, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, so we're, um, yeah, we're talking to, you know, various celebrities and Beatle fans and family members and we're going through actually all over Christmas we went up in the loft and we've been scanning old family photographs that haven't seen the light of day for probably 40 years mm-hmm. so um, yeah it'll be it'll be a fun fun project I think and again um, 
Are you familiar with a film called Good Old Frida, about Frida Kelly, Brian Epstein's yeah. secretary? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, and so Angie's in it, so if anybody's a Beatles fan oh, and you haven't cool. seen Good Old Frida yet, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, I've been and meaning so to see it. so the film will be sort of in that ilk, in that vein, not so focused on Angie or myself, because we're not famous, but just a love letter to the Beatles and the time and the decade, and um, we're going to have Nelson Twins in it, talking about Ricky Nelson and Ozzy and Harriet, and, you know, how did we get literally from the easy bake oven to a man on the moon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a stretch, huh? <laughs> Pretty incredible. Well, listen, guys, uh, just so the audience is aware again, because I've, I've just been letting you talk, and we haven't played any music or commercials or anything, this is Angie and Ruth McCartney joining me, Otto Daniolo on the Otto D Show. And I would like to give you guys just a couple minutes to take a break uh, from talking. I'm going to roll a little song here. And this is actually just a tune that I just picked because I like it. I think it's cute, funny. It's called X's and O's. Are you familiar with that track? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like the song. So we'll spin this, and then we'll come back to you guys in just a few minutes, okay? Okay. So here okay, you go. Great. X's and O's.
listening to Auto D coming at you live. So this is uh, the Auto D Show, and normally right about now we bring Sam Moore on, but I'm learning something new about the phone systems all the time, and it's one or the other. So Sam, I know I had you on the line, had to let you go, because I want to say uh, goodbye and goodnight to Angie and Ruth. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, our pleasure. Pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Good. And please do give our love to the wonderful Sam and Joyce, of course. Mm. Absolutely. I'll get them right back on here in just a second. I will go to autod.com now and keep on listening. Okay. Hey, do. And, you know, I mentioned to Sam uh, that you guys were on the line waiting, and he was like, I hear that Angie's got a new line of wines coming out. And I said, well, you sure are going to have to ask her about that. I'll drink to that. (laughs) And then here I go. I cut him off and blew his big moment. So, But I'll get him back up here and see what he's got going on. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks again. You take care. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's always fun. So now we're going to get Sam back on the line real quick. And in the meantime, while we are doing that, we will bring up a little bit of uh, Soul Man. And here he is, Mr. Sam Moore. Sam, how are you doing? All day. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, but let me tell you something. I just learned something new about the telephone systems here at Star Worldwide Networks. I can't have two of you on the line at the same time. You just found that out, didn't you? (laughs) Yep, and as soon as I dropped you in the system, I cut both Ruth and Angie off from California. So I had to call them back. And to do that, I had to cut you off. (laughs) And so then I'm sitting there going, sorry, guys. Uh, And Sam wanted to ask Angie about the wine line that's coming Uh, out. So, But they they, uh, asked me to wish both you and Joyce a Happy New Year and tell you that they were looking forward to speaking with you. Will you tell them back at it? And I'll, I'm looking forward to talking to these wonderful people. Yeah, and I'm sure that what we'll see them back through town soon. They travel a lot. they got a lot going on. Oh, but goody. Speaking of the new year, Sam, happy new year. Yeah. And the same to you. Uh, any big resolutions this year? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, I have one. Okay. I have one to the point that I hope to be resting after 60 years in this business. But also, in the meantime, I want to go back and I'm going to attempt and my very best with you and others that I respect in the business to go back and get to sing the songs of people that I've respected over the years, people that I wish I had have sung the song, and songs that no one ever thought that I would do. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. And I'm looking forward to that. And I have a wonderful producer down there in Florida, and mm-hmm. which everybody in the music business would know. You know, you know uh, Rudy Perez. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting time of my life. Have you started um, some song selection for that project, or just thinking? I've started selection. I spoke with him briefly uh, uh, three days ago, and uh, there are songs, Otto, that I used to do in Miami. You see, when, when I was in Miami, I used to do all those uh, Sinatra, Billy Holiday, I mean, Billy, uh, let me see who it was. It was Billy, oh, Billy Warden of the, of the, uh, uh, the, uh, 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 the singing group that Jackie was in, and uh, on and on and on and on and on. And uh, I want to go back, and I'm going to go back. And I had a dream the other night of, some, of songs that, oh, my God. And I remember, and I still have them in my head. All I got to do now is sit down and put them down and send them to him and uh we're gonna attempt to get on the stage with orchestras but you see mm-hmm. also i found out something yesterday that in having a meeting in order to do that what you gotta do uh it, it, it is it, it orchestras done uh the symphonies doesn't you know pay that much but you you've got to not worry about that and make a deal where when you walk on the stage and to 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 to, to sing, you just mm-hmm. do what you you love to do and you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I'm I'm I'm, I'm basing this on. And uh, when I I've got to go to L.A. When I leave L.A., I got to go straight to Miami. And hopefully by that time, we'll have a date number and uh, a good time. It will start to roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, tell me a little bit more about this dream. I think that's a pretty exciting story. You actually songs, had a dream where all these songs are coming songs to you. Come away. Oh, honor even you. Uh, we're talking about songs by Willie John, songs by Bing Crosby, Carl Crosby, uh-huh. did you, songs by, did I, say, did I say Sinatra? You didn't. And uh, songs by... People that you wouldn't even know. Did you wake up in the middle of the Song. night and write this stuff down? Or are you just remembering? Yeah, I've got. Oh God! Oh my God! I looked in, and I'm not even sure that those songs are still around. I, mm-hmm. I, what I need to do is to. Uh, someone told me last night that they could go up online and find those songs for me. You know, if they're there, they said they should. You know, they should be able to get them. And uh, I mean, Otto, you be- you wouldn't believe some of the songs in my head, like "Never uh, Masquerade," "I'll mm-hmm. Never Smile Again," uh, "Around the World," something uh, anyway, Jimmy Scott stuff. On and on and on, man. It's going to be cool. And you know, and I'm not looking. I'm just looking to do things where people walk away and go. I didn't know you could do that, and mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. And if they enjoy it, then they'll 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 buy and repeatedly well, play the stuff. And it sounds to me like your your focus is less on, you know, what would Sam do as opposed to what songs does Sam love. And I think that's a great place to be. 
Yeah, you're just I, finding I, tunes I that you're yeah, thinking, I, you're feeling I, like I can just kill this song. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to bright arrangements and mm-hmm. good uh, lyrics that I can, that I can bury my teeth into. Right, right. It's going to take time to do this stuff, but I, what I want to do, I want to make the, I want to have people around me that said in Miami that, you know, they will go and make deals with the public broadcasting. Go and say, I think I deserve to go on the stage now hmm. and sing songs that people would go, I know you could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I, I deserve to do that now. And I'm not, really, to tell you the truth, I have a, a list of people that I will and I won't say that I will sing with, mm-hmm. counting, not counting the people that I won't sing with, because that's not, I don't waste my time on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I wanna look, I'm looking at the positive side, so I want to sing stuff with, like, Dina Martin, that's Dean Martin's mm-hmm. daughter, and I want to go back. Then there's a young lady that was told to me last night, her name of Amanda, I'd like to get her on the radio show one day because... She lives in um, Utah, mm-hmm. uh, and they say she's a five-octave singer, sing anything. Actually, she's what, what I was told, that she's a freak, freak of nature. She can, she can, she, she's out of sight. Mm. And once upon a time, she's in the drug scene, but she's been clean in two and a half years. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. I want to do some stuff with her. I want to get some some stuff done. I want to get her to come in and uh, we find somebody mm-hmm. to uh, asking you to find somebody that can go back in the days with me and play on the sure. piano and, and a rhythm section and sit in the studio and get these songs down and get them over to... Over to uh, to, to, to into Miami. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in that young. Uh, she's 29 years of age. She's a little overweight. So what? You know, long as she can cut it. Well, and I'm interested. That's that auto. I'm very interested in mm-hmm. doing. I told the people last night. I you know I can't bring, I don't ha- I can't afford to bring her there. And they said no. We'll take care of whatever. If cool. you're interested in hearing her, very cool. And and, and whatnot, we will pay for everything for her to come up so you can hear and she can play some of the stuff that'd be if great you like it okay if you don't so like but she can do it and play and say and she's another billy press they tell me mm, oh my goodness you're kidding yeah and that's scary you know that auto that's <laughs> i was scary. gonna say anytime you say that that's that's whew, that's high yeah, marks that's very that brings the hair brought the hairs on my arm last night i went oh my god wow. so i'm interested in her and uh that's there have been many background singers in my life that have sung on the show with me or behind me. I mean, I'm interested in that, Otto, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are some good singers, and I, I'm thinking you may have heard some of them on the stage with me, you know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, you, you got singers out here today, I mean, say background singers today would make some of these young kids sit up and go, wow, I want to mm-hmm. I want to try that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm all interested in, interested in all of that. So that's, if you ask me what my resolution is, that is part of it. Okay. Well, let me, let's switch gears completely for a second, and then let me just ask you your thoughts on something else Natalie Cole passed. 
yes. uh, this week. Um, yes. And I'm imagining you, you, there, you guys had a relationship. We did. Mm-hmm. I, I knew, naturally, I knew her dad. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it, the producer uh, 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 that, it, that just finished recording her, uh, mm. although I, 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 he told me, Rudy told me the other night, so when he first heard it, he, he and I spoke to him the next day. Arlo, he had just spoke to her before she passed. Mm. She had been in the hospital. Because I, I, I was in Miami, and I was talking to him, and we went out to dinner. I said, when the last time you heard from Natalie? He said, oh, when we get back to the house, I want to play some stuff I did oh my goodness. with her. And I said, Cause oh, what okay. a what an opportunity! What a duet it would have been, you know, to have her with you in the new record. Oh team. my God! And we have been talking about uh, taking uh, our uh, God-given talent. We were going to go to England and go on the, you know, go on the at the club, on the club scene, and 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 do some, do do some stuff together. Hmm. Uh, the last time I spoke to her, I did. I we were on a ship that uh, the owner of uh, the motel hotels and thing in the Bahamas at the time, and Dubai and uh, whatnot uh, was on the ship, and we were sharing a birthday. And I went on, and she was there. <sighs> you know, you know, she was a, she was a wonderful kid. So tell she me about was. these tracks that she cut recently. You so you had a she chance to hear them. She cut, yeah, she cut something. I only heard one, and she did another version. Another, I'm sorry. She did another song featuring she and her dad. Oh, okay. And uh, I forgot the name of it now, but uh, it'll come to me, and I'll tell you the next time I, if I remember. And it was, oh, my God, you should hear. And I knew Nat from the time he used to come to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew her father at the time. Uh, this is going back to the times of Muhammad Ali. Before he was Muhammad Ali, he was Cassius, Cassius Clay, Clay yeah. Samus Davis Jr., mm-hmm. Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Nat King Cole. So you've known Natalie your whole, you've known Natalie your whole life. Yeah, all mm-hmm. these guys played down there, Otto. Mm-hmm. And I would see them uh, in the, predom- the predominantly a black section. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, of Miami, and uh, there were at the barbershop. I used to hang out in the barbershop, mm-hmm. and, and like I said before, he became uh, 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 Muhammad Ali. He was Cassius Clay, and it was one time I could share this with you at a short order where Cassius was getting ready to fight uh, the second fight of Liston, mm-hmm. and the first time he came into the barbershop, he had just not that long had had the first fight with him and I, I and he was so brash and oh, yeah. his mouth and everything. And I said, you know, somebody gonna bust your butt one of these days. You know? Somebody gonna kick your butt. And he stood there, he said, Would you like to try? I said, Yeah, I, I would, I would <laughs> Oh, I couldn't stand him all though. I said, Yeah I and he said, Well, I'm fighting uh suddenly listening again. I said, Yeah, that that you a lucky punch he almost got you the first time. He said, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I said, yeah, well, okay. You're fighting against Danny. Y'all want to come to the fight? He said, mm-hmm. you sure? I said, sure. I said, I'd, if I had the money, I would pay to come to see him beat you up, beat your butt. That's funny. 
So I got the tickets, and so it was Matt Kinko, Jackie Wilson, and I think uh, I think it was Sam. Sam was just getting uh, indoctrinated into mm-hmm. the uh, the Muslim world, mm-hmm. and we went to the fight on my at the convention center there in Miami, Otto, and. Uh, as I was sitting there, they, they said, I, you know, I'm the, young, I'm the young punk out of Miami, you right. know. Uh, I got a little following and all that. We had to, this before uh, Soul Man and all that stuff, you know. Just before. So I, they gave me this money. They said, go to get us some popcorn, candy and all that. They had all the stuff to sit around and talking. And I went up on order to get it. And just by time, I got it. The line was long, but when I got everything, I got it. Came back down. It's a long walk because we, we're sitting near the front almost. Right. And uh, I got there and got in between the people and I and I sat down and I set my my pop down on the floor. Then I saw people jumping up around me, spilling my popcorn and my candy and my cotton, all that stuff on the floor. I said, "What the hell?" And I said, "Well, these people got to sit down now." They said. You should be standing too. I said, oh, no, no, come on, come on. And I remember so well, one of the guys said to me, I forgot it was, it was Jackie up the next time. I'm not sure now. I said, Sam, stand up. I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm, I'm sitting here to watch him, just to see him knock, see listen, knock him out. And they said, well, you're going to wait a long time. Wait a minute, I was sitting there. Sam, what? He just knocked him out. He just, he just knocked, he just, Sonny just knocked him out. He said, no. He just knocked Sonny out with a, a phantom punch. Phantom punch. I missed it. I missed the whole goddamn thing. Because oh, he had to no. go get popcorn and a drink, huh? Yeah. I was oh. so angry and upset. So you know what he did? The next, I would say about four or five days, I was at, happened to be in the barbershop when he came and he walked in and he saw me. He said, uh, you, you want to pay me now or pay me later? I didn't bet you. He said, oh, you did? He said, well, you, did, did you see the fight? Yeah, I saw the fight. Uh-huh. Uh, what you want to do? And he started talking and whining and, and, and bragging and rhyming. And I was so embarrassed. And everybody mm-hmm. in the barber shop laughed at me. They laughed and said, Sam, something wrong with your eyes or something because you. <laughs> I said, I went to get sodas and stuff, man. I didn't see it. I said, he said, you didn't see it. I was too ashamed to tell him that I missed it. He had knocked him out so fast. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see it. Well, sometimes, what yeah. are you going to do, you know? That's I know. And that came, that came cold was down there. And we used to laugh. And, oh, man. And, and, and another thing, his brother used to live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, Ed. Ed used to. Uh, well, Ike uh, Cole was. Ike Cole was used playing. to be here. Yeah, in fact, I saw him playing uh, one night, and he did played. You? He did this routine. I guess he probably did it every night, but it was funny. He went to play Unforgettable, and he uh-huh. go, and he says right before he he starts playing it, and everybody knows, everybody cheers, and then right before he starts singing, he keeps playing, and he goes, "You know, my brother made a million dollars every time he sang this song," and everybody uh-huh. laughs. Then he goes. I got to sing it a million times to make a buck. <laughs> he got a, I love it. I love it. He got it. a huge, huge laugh. He had a big I smile. Love it, I love it. And that was and right you know, before. 
the duets album that uh, Natalie did, where and I played piano there? on that. You know, yeah, I played piano. Oh on my that. god! And you know what? He sounded close to his brother too. He, yeah, when he wanted to. Yeah, and he was good in yeah, his own. Yeah, when he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. He fun. was. Uh, he was. I, I. I didn't know him that well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I hadn't moved out here, nor did I ever see he and Nat together. Mm-hmm. But I remember Nat. I remember Natalie when she was a little girl. There were times, then there was sometime. One time, I, I, he had the twins with him, mm-hmm. and uh, another sister. I think it was one sister that gave her a kidney. I think hmm. just before she passed, or something like that. But uh, that was uh, she, she looked so much like him. Yeah, Otto. yeah. Those eyes. That, that that look and uh, I knew I knew their mother I knew Marie very well because mm-hmm. she used to be a a big band singer herself. Interesting. And it was interesting, yeah. So I I I, I you know you know although I I have met some wonderful people in my life. Yes, you have. I have made friends with some of. Some of the greatest I have stood, I have shared the stage with some of the greatest performers. For a man that has no f- formal education as far as singing himself mm-hmm. like that, out of Florida, I I sixty years have was good and good and bad to me, and mm-hmm. I got to take some of the blame myself. You don't just say it was all called to somebody else. No, you cause some of that yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I really I really I'm very I'm very happy to know that I contributed something mm-hmm. Absolutely. to to the point that I people you know, I hate well as you know, I hate people to, to, to recognize and stuff like that, but I was sitting having dinner last night, Otto, and guess who I met? Who? I met Pee Wee Harris from the Globetrotters. Oh, okay. I don't remember the name. I know uh, Meadowlark Lemon just passed. He lived in Yeah, Scottsdale. that's why he was here. That's yeah. why he was here. And I saw Otto, I saw him last week. He was out to the mail. I was out there myself to get a checkup, and he was coming off the elevator, and he and I stood there and talked. He had been out there. He had taken his wife out there, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, he looked good. And uh, I, he wanted to stay to talk a little longer, but I had to get up get upstairs to, to, to get my machine uh, mm-hmm. together. But I just saw him last week. Mm-hmm. And he looked very good. So you see, and he rec- he recognized, people, re- people recognize me. That I, I go sometimes to Joseph and say, how did he know me? Because I'm not a person <laughs> uh, that's always out. You know, I know, but we, we know your picture. We know your face. And speaking, uh, we're yeah, running out of time, said. too. We're getting... Well, Pee Wee said that last night. He said he... We were at uh, at the uh, the barbecue uh, Houston's last night, mm-hmm. which is not called that any longer. And he said he, he heard my voice, and he knew right away who it was before he saw me. Yeah, sure. You're Sam Isn't Moore. Nice? We know you. That nice man. I, re- I really enjoyed. So I, well, Sam, on that note, yeah, I gotta let you go. So happy New Year. Same with you, Altez. And uh, if I don't talk to you before Monday, I'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, because. Tuesday I leave. Tuesday you leave. All right. Well. Yeah. Tuesday I leave and I go to L.A. Then I'll come back and go. I'll keep on going. Go to Miami and get it all cool. together. 
And when I get back, I should have more gossip to talk to you Perfect. about. Perfect. All right, my friends, have a great evening. You do the same. And again, Happy New Year and a wonderful, wonderful time of life with you. You got it. You talk to, talk to you soon. Stay safe, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thanks for tuning in and listening to uh, Ruth and Angie. That was a lot of fun tonight. Sorry, we got to cut that a little short. And uh, it's fun speaking with Sam and all those stories. It's always a blast. Next week, a dear friend, talented, crazy man, Randall Hedden, America's foremost speed painter, is going to be in here. And that's going to be a fun show. So tune in. Thanks. Take care.